0: Hello and welcome back to the Get Stuck In podcast. I'm back with Sam once again. Um, We've got another guest on this week and it's Jack and he's a Chelsea fan. We're going to be going through the Champions League games from this week. Uh, Touch on Liverpool Arsenal last weekend. and look forward to the uh, second legs. Um, And then after that, we'll do our questions as per usual. So, Sam, there's only one place to start. Champions League um, was back. Um, What was your highlight of the week?
1: Well, I know what Jack's highlight was. But I think before we get to that game, which obviously, yeah, great result and all that, we will cover that. I think that is one place to start. I think Twitter was just filled with pictures of Kylian Mbappe in the snow in Munich. It was like watching something from goal. Like the whole game was just insane. Snow. I don't know why I don't have ever seen snow in a Champions League game other than maybe in like a Russian group stage match (laughs) and I mean yeah that PSG kit the white kit Mbappe on fire Neymar I mean to be fair obviously Mbappe got the goals but I think a lot of people have been saying that Neymar was just unreal and sort of really showed it um on the biggest stage but yeah I think that has to be the highlight I think people have questioned PSG's ability to do it at this level or at the top and at least in this first, like they've showed they can um yeah, I mean, I can't look past that game. How do you see uh, the rest of the tie heading, Jack? Given given the three away goals for PSG.
2: Well, I think that uh, it's it's obviously going to be really difficult for Bayern now because um, with the three away goals, especially with how it's gone in the last few rounds and with away goals, and like you look to UVA and Porto and how key it was in that game. Um, so I, I feel like I don't think Bayern will. Uh, get away with a clean sheet against PSG in the second leg. I feel like with PSG's attacks and the way that Mbappe and Neymar are playing right now, I, I don't see them not scoring. So I, I think it's a, it's a pretty much set in stone that PSG are going to get through Bayern, which is a massive shock if you would have asked anybody at the start. I'm pretty sure they were favourites going into the, that game, although they didn't have Lewandowski. So, um, but yeah, I, I can't see it going any other way other than PSG right now. It's, it's
0: really the season of expected goals with all, all those stats flying about because Bayern dominated the whole game and yeah, PSG came out on top once again. It just proves how lethal Mbappe is on the break and I think Neymar proved his, his worth to that PSG side once again. I think he takes, a, he takes a lot of heat from a lot of people about different issues but he proved to everyone again how good
2: he is um, throughout that game. Yeah, he, he's ridiculous. The, did you see that the, the Neymar pass for the Marquinhos goal? So yeah. that was absolutely ridiculous.
1: Yeah. I think um the thing about you talk about the expected goal stuff. I think it's the second Mbappe goal. Obviously the first one was a bit of a sort of questionable finish. Not not the best save from Neuer, but the second the second Mbappe goal, the thing I sort of find terrified about is all his goals to date tend to be like unreal or just his pace, getting him one-on-one or whatever. That was like, obviously it's a great goal, but it's also just like lethal. It's just clinical. It wasn't a finesse into the top corner. He takes on five men. It was just like you gave him an inch and he just scores. And I think he's really sort of matured now into that. I think he is the guy now, although Neymar had a great game. I think surely. I mean, he's on the cover of FIFA now, which says a lot. (laughs) And I just think, (laughs) I think he's finally... Not I say fine, he's 22, but he's stepping up now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, Jack, you say you think it's game done. Does your opinion change if Lewandowski is available for the second leg?
2: Um, see, I always think Bayern can score goals. Obviously, they got two and they dominated the game. So I do think that they can get goals. It's, it's more the fact of if they can stop PSG putting more on them yeah. because I can see them easily... like Putting two or three past them in this in the second leg, but it's just whether or not they can stop Mbappe and Neymar, because at yeah. the moment like they're flying. I'm pretty sure Mbappe is like top goal scorer in league, um, and obviously I didn't catch much of the game because obviously the the biggest game was yeah. the other game, but uh <laughs> but yeah, I, I I still think PSG anything could happen. Still, Bayern are a class team, um. But they definitely need to find a way to stop it. I think if Lawan comes back, it'll be a massive boost for their team. Um, and I feel like there are goals to be had in the next leg, but I can't see PSG ball in this one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's weird to think that a buying team is being looked at. And I completely agree with you that a Bayern team is being considered like vulnerable at the back and leaky because, like, obviously they're a great attacking players down the years, but their defense or they're just their. Solidness as a as a whole unit is just insane, and like Sula, it was just hard to watch sometimes. Mbappe just sort of jogs past him. Obviously, they brought Boateng on, who's who's getting on a bit now. So I think I think I I, I agree. I think if we was sort of to make predictions, I think I agree. I think it's going to be another goal heavy game. I think it's going to end up being a one. All, <clears throat> I, don't know, I think PSG are going to win two one actually. I think. I think you're right. I think Bayern are gonna to have to go for it so much, and PSG are gonna be just leaf on the break. So, if we had to go predictions, I'm going two one PSG. Max, what are you saying?
0: Um, I'm I'm more inclined to Bayern still going through because I think wow. they get they get Nabry back as well. Hopefully, true, 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 true. Yeah, so, that's very true. Um, even if Lewandowski's not back, they've still got a man coming back into the frame who's a fantastic finisher most of the time. So. Mm.
1: Champions League, especially, he seems to turn up. Yeah, he loves yeah, he does. Champions League
0: goal. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure how much of an impact it will have because considering the issues for Bayern seem to be at the back. Mm. Um, I know they couldn't finish their chances, but they really, really need to tighten it up um, because with the with the amount they dominated the game, it doesn't seem right that they should give up those particular goals um, on the transition so I, I've got I think Bayern will go through um, I think I think like you it will be a bit of a goal fest but mm. I just don't ha- I don't think PSG have it in them. I really don't yeah. I, I thought I think most people can agree that if Barca had actually took their chances in the second leg at the round of 16 they, they had a chance of doing what they did to them for three or four years ago so yeah um, I just, I don't think PSG have the ball in a second leg and I don't think it's over by any means. I, I just think Bayern are the way more experienced team and just can handle it a lot better than PSG.
1: If you were to slap a score on it, what are you going for?
0: Um, I would go... 3-1 Bayern.
1: Blimey, it's like oh. it's like the... Porto prediction all over again, which came through. That's yeah. um, so what you said then. Obviously, you said you're back in PSG.
2: Yeah, I don't think Bayern are completely out of it. I don't think it's a it's a guarantee that PSG will go through because of given how they've been the last couple of years in like round of 16 and quarterfinals. So, um, I still think there's going to be goals, like both you said. I still think that it's, it's going to be a goal-heavy game. Um, if I had to put a prediction on it, I reckon it will probably end two-all. I reckon it might end in a draw just because yeah. of uh, it, it's It's all dependent on if Bayern can take their chances because, um, yeah. obviously, they dominated the first game. And uh, it, if either of Lewandowski or Nabry's back, who knows what can happen. So, yeah, I think I'm going I'm, to I'm play it safe and uh, go 2 or draw.
1: It's not a bad shout um, so there was obviously three other games. If we, we'll go to the same game from the same night. We've got a Chelsea fan on, so it's only right. <laughs> Chelsea. It wasn't in Porto, was it? it wasn't in Seville. The game. Uh, yeah, it was in Seville. Yeah. Two 0 win. Mount is Mount and Chilwell. Mount's turn before he's about Anything else? <laughs> Both games on. Bide on the TV. Chelsea on my laptop. And like I'm half trying to watch Chelsea, and at one point someone just catches my eye, and it's just Mount spinning his man, and the finish is so good. He's not, he's not sort of in the like fully in the box, complete one on one. He's a, he's a good distance out, and it's so precise. And you held out. So like I said, I, I wasn't paying full attention from what I sort of heard about it. Am I right in saying that you are not necessarily lucky, but you you were sort of defending a lot of the game.
2: Yeah, to be fair, from from the off, they sort of took it to us, which I don't think we really expected. And I think most Chelsea fans underestimated Porto and thought, like, obviously, like most people, that we kind of had the easier draw. But you can't forget that they did just knock out Ronaldo and Juve in the Champions yeah. League, so they are a force to be reckoned with. Um, yeah, they definitely took us, uh, took it to us in the first half. They had way more chances. We we obviously had way more of the ball. I felt. Uh, like we do with most games under two sure we we like to keep the ball and sort of retain and and try and pick our chances when we can but um yeah we we literally i think the first half our only shot was the um the infamous world class <laughs> turn and finish from mm-hmm. our, arguably our best player of the season so um so yeah and then second half i think it was just about controlling the rest of the game um i think there's their best chances came in the first half. And if we could get through to the to the second half, uh, a goal up or even nil-nil, uh, we were in a good position with obviously everyone that we had on our bench because we didn't even start Kante. Uh, we had a few like really good defenders and obviously super sub Olivier Giroud to come on as well. And then, um, yeah, the, the goal pretty much came out of nowhere, the Chilwell goal, because um, it was sort of even, we kept the ball... Uh, didn't really have too many chances leading up to that point, and then out of nowhere, uh, Torres reborn decided to <laughs> take it around the keeper and, and pretty much. Well, I would say seal the tie, but you know anything can happen. Um, I feel like defensively we've just been brilliant under Tuchel. Um, obviously, we had that that hiccup <laughs> with West Brom, which I, I don't. I'm not going to talk about in the, this podcast because I feel like it's a robbery, it's a disgrace. <laughs> But, uh, but, yeah, I think, like, we've been very defensively sound, um, even with the mistakes that we've had in past times with our goalkeepers. I feel like Mendy's done really well recently. He's kept a lot of clean sheets, and I feel like um, with Tiago Silva now back um, and hopefully he can get a good run of games now, um, we, we should get through the next round.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I have Chelsea going through as well at this point. I mean, I didn't watch a lot of the Porto-Chelsea game. But from what I could tell, it seemed like a, like you said, a slightly fortunate scoreline maybe, um, considering how much Porto were attacking you. But, I mean, I think Chilwell's second goal virtually has you through to the semis. I don't see why you'd falter so badly um, that you go out in the second leg. But stranger things have happened. Um, But, yeah, I'd have Chelsea going through. For sure, I think that's one of the, probably the most settled tied out of the four.
1: Mm. Um, we seem to talk about England in every single <laughs> podcast, but does this game make Mount? I guess I, I mean I think I've seen I've been seeing people saying is he now a guaranteed starter? is he a hundred thousand percent? Even if he were, even if he wasn't already. Is he now definitely going? And for you, is he starting? I'll go to Max on that one.
0: He's definitely going. I mean, I don't, I don't see any world where Southgate leaves him out if he's fit. Mm. Um, as to whether he starts, I think that's. I just don't think there's a place for him at the moment because not not because he doesn't deserve a place, but because if Southgate goes with his standard five at the back, there's only what. Um, five more positions on the pitch. So, with yeah. the amount of attacking talent we have, he's going to play a two and a three. So, it's likely going to be Rice in there with possibly Henderson. That's the only position I think he can make his way in. I yeah. don't see him starting in any of the uh three mm. um, because I think they're going to be occupied by the likes of Kane, Sterling, Rashford, Sancho, whoever, Foden and Grealish. So, for me, I don't see him starting. As hmm. good as he's been, um, I think it's a shame, but they just, there doesn't seem to be a place for him, I don't think, right now in the current system that Southgate plays.
1: Yeah, I mean, Jack, I don't even know if I have to ask you this question, <laughs> but would you start Mason Mount in the
0: Euros?
2: Um, it's, it's all dependent on the system that Southgate wants to play and um, yeah. whether or not players are in form it, uh, you never know Mason Mount could drop off these last few well, couple of months leading up to the euros and uh, like people like foden and and uh, other players can always slide in and and make a start for themselves but i feel like at this moment in time he's he's 100% on the plane it all depends on southgate system uh, i feel like mount's been allowed the freedom to attack more um he's not really been playing sort of like the, mid, the, the heart of the midfield like he did under Lampard. He still thrived under Lampard and he still played really well but I feel like he's sort of been going just behind the tri- the striker on the left and the right. I feel like um, he can play in the midfield, he can play on the wing, he can play sort of just behind the striker. He's a perfect number eight um, for, the, for at the moment for England so it, it's all dependent but if, if I'm Southgate, I'm starting him um, it doesn't matter who's his competition right now he's a brilliant player and he's got so much potential and I feel like he's he's definitely somebody that needs to be on the pitch at the start I mean sometimes Chelsea have brought him on and he's been sort of an impact but I feel like he grows into the game and if you give him the time to to start him and and let him be free in the attack then he can definitely make chances and I just I just want to see him next to Grealish because I feel like that that partnership could be quite good for England
1: so you're basically saying, as long as Saka and Mount start, we're fine.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> uh,
1: we will not talk about Arsenal until later on when we absolutely have to, and that will be very short. <laughs> uh, going back to the, going back to the Chelsea game, you mentioned the Torres reborn joke. Isn't there? I've seen. I think I've seen it a few times. This thing that didn't you like lose to West Brom? The
2: torres goal. oh the 2012 thing And
1: it, yeah a lot of things yeah. line
2: up so yeah. it was it was uh oh what was it it was we got a portuguese um opposition in the quarterfinals mm-hmm. uh we've obviously been drawn the winner of real madrid versus liverpool and we also had a spanish opposition in the semi-finals uh i can't remember what the other one was but then it was that we lost to west brom that season too so yeah the stars are aligning. Uh, wasn't,
1: wasn't the other one the uh like sacking a young manager
2: yeah a young yeah sacking yeah. a young manager
1: do you think um like if we go obviously this is going to be a lot of hypotheticals but how far do you think you're going if we i mean i think we're all kind of in agreement you've probably got through this round and obviously we'll talk about who your opponent's going to be in the next game but <clears throat> who um how where do you see yourself i mean i I obviously, I wouldn't put you as favourites for the whole thing. I mean, PSG especially looking good, Bayern have got it in them, Man City. Where do you see yourself? Obviously, you've got that side of the draw where you won't hit them until the final. Um, how, far, how far do you think Tuchel can take you in
2: this? I don't want to discredit Porto. Um, I don't want to look past them, but I feel like in in if we're talking hypothetical and we do, like, don't, Bottle the draw and we, we get through Porto we've obviously got the winner of Liverpool Madrid and I feel like that tie obviously we'll probably speak about but um, I feel like that's swaying towards Madrid but then again obviously anything can happen at Anfield mm. um, so if we can get past the semis I feel like we are going to have uh, I feel like PSG will be in the final I, f- I don't think Man City are going to get past Dortmund if I'm going to be honest
1: Blimey Wow, that's going to be a big prediction when we come to that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so I, anything can happen. I feel like we could go all the way. It, it, we could. Everyone sort of discounted us after this West Brom uh, result on the weekend and thought, well, we're going to Port and we've got to put up a p- better performance than we did on the weekend. And it was a brilliant performance. So mm. I, I genuinely do. I'm not just saying it as a Chelsea <laughs> fan thinking, oh, we can do it. Like I think we've got more of a chance of doing it now than we did back in 2012. So. Yeah. Who knows?
1: I mean, Max. Like, if we bring in your game now, your EU the first leg like was three uh, one at home to Real Madrid against Liverpool. Before we come to whether you think you can get through, if you were, let's say hypothetical, you pull, you pull it after you come back. How would you see that Chelsea Liverpool semi final going? Do you do you think they beat in the league recently, didn't they, with another mountain goal? Do you think yeah. Chelsea are a superior team at the moment to Liverpool with all your injury issues?
0: They're definitely in better form on the whole. I know they had that blip against West Brom, but mm. they are playing better than us. That's been evident for about a month and a half at least. So I think Chelsea would definitely be the favourites. Um, but saying that, I don't think it's. I don't think they'd be that much more favourable. I think it's more fifty-fifty, mm. just because. I feel like for one, these club sides have been here before, a lot of the time. Um, Virtually every season, we're in the latter stages of some European competition. So um, I'd have Chelsea as favourites, probably to make the final. Um, Yeah, yeah. I think I think this is a massive opportunity for Chelsea. Um, Get drawn against possibly the most, possibly the Quite unquote weakest team in the draw in Porto, and then have to play one of Liverpool, who have been extremely out of form, or Real Madrid, who are just not what they were a couple of years ago, despite their victory against Liverpool. Yeah, I think it's a massive, ma- massive opportunity. Um, I think I think they'll make the final, Chelsea.
1: Yeah. Do you think, Jack? Where would you let's say you let's say it is PSG in the final, and you beat them? Would it how would it rank in comparison to the 2012 final or the 2012 win?
2: See, it's 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 hard to say, it, it'd have to be down to the, in the, the way it happens because obviously I'll, I'll talk more about like the the special moments of Chelsea. Um, but the fact that we had Barcelona, arguably they were the best team at that point with a with a Messi, and that was literally nearly at his peak um their team was ridiculous and we managed to get through in such a like incredible way Mm. um and then actually go to Bayern, go to munich and uh and beat them in their own park so um it is it's all down to the road the road towards the final and if we're just getting through against teams that are just completely out of form and that are just not up to their own standard I don't know how much it's going to rank compared to the 2012 final, but as a Chelsea fan, you're always going to be completely amazed if we do manage to get it, considering all of the things that have happened at the start of the season with Lampard sacking um, and us not having a, a great start to the season with all of our signings. So, yeah, let's, let's just wait and see. I'm not, I'm not counting anything out. We could, we could still get destroyed by quarter. So. <laughs>
1: well, if we uh, come away from that game so, chat, can shut up about how his team are good. <laughs> and before we get to the current state of my team, Max, 3 1 to Real Madrid.
0: <laughs> what, uh, Thanks for that. What,
1: <laughs> what did you make of the game? I mean, this was a very much a weird one to judge. I think we talked about this game, didn't we? A few weeks ago when we sort of predicted it. I yeah. can't remember exactly what you said, but I remember I vaguely said that I think Real Madrid would win or, or get a good draw kind of thing, but it would be that latter stage of the three Champions League Madrid where they were just somehow getting it done and you weren't actually sure how it happened. Yeah but they they played really well. It was it was a nice surprise. I think it's probably the best obviously I don't watch La Liga, but I feel like it's some of the best football I've seen from them, especially in the first half. Um for a couple of years now. Big away goal for you. How how did you feel about that game?
0: I mean I thought Liverpool were prettier pretty atrocious but saying that i mean madrid looked like like you just said that sort of team that just grinds out results in the champions league in the latter stages and the more we're talking about this the more i'm (laughs) leaning towards madrid making the final now but (laughs) just because i feel like they've cruz and modric are just ridiculous to watch um the ball for the first goal i know nat phillips got criticized for his body position the ball is ridiculous. It's a fantastic first goal. Um, first half, we were awful and quite lucky to be down only 2-0, to be quite honest. Um, second half, we had about 15 minutes where we looked like we might bring it back to 2-2. Um, we had that chance in the box, which uh, Mendy cleared. But after that, again, it was a poor third goal to concede. Um I really feel like we could have got out there with 2-1. Um, but it was poor poor positioning, poor marking from Phillips. And then, uh, I mean, Alisson should be saving that. I, I, don't, I don't care how close that is. Um, he should be saving that. But he didn't. So it's 3-1. I mean, I think the only result we can really get is 2-0 um, in the second leg because I don't see us scoring three, four goals and holding them to one. So... We can't. I don't think we can get into a sort of sort of like a back and forth. Um, and I think it will have to be a 2-0 win if we're going to go through. Yeah. But I don't really see us going through at this point um, with how badly it was. It was striking to me how badly we played in probably our biggest game of the season. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't have much more to say on it. I mean, but,
1: wasn't, yeah. isn't that the you say obviously you need two goals minimum. Yeah, um, <laughs> sort of stat. that you need to win by two goals at the at Anfield, and you scored one goal there in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we talk about omens with Chelsea, isn't it? It's in Istanbul, isn't it? The final this year, so yeah, Chelsea's I mean, semi final as well. Possibly.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot yeah. of
1: narratives going around, yeah, Jack. How, I mean, personally, I just think. This game, with crowds still on, without crowds, and the numerous injuries, I think it's dead in the water. I think Madrid, especially to get the third goal, because like you said, you could have easily gone two 0 I think Madrid just killed it. They were just so yeah. sort of just efficient. Tony Kroos is just so good. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I think it's done. Do, do you do you think there's any hope for Liverpool in this one, Jack?
2: Well, yeah, like you said, it's hard to say um, whether or not if if Liverpool can come back with all their injuries that they've had in defence. And I feel like if if it's the other side and they've had injuries in attack, they could maybe grind out a result. But I don't see Madrid not scoring a goal against them with, with the amount of... It's not just the injuries as well, it's the defensive mistakes. Like when me and Sam watched that game together and... Um, Trent was just woeful, like um, his one-on-one defending. They, they picked it up, of Jamie Carragher on BT, on, was it BT Sport. Um, yeah, it, the, the two wing-backs at Liverpool um, were, yeah, well, they were terrible that game. So um, I, I see Real Madrid winning that game. Um, I, don't, I don't think Madrid's lost a game since like the end of January now. So they're on a really good run of form. Um, obviously, La Liga's open back up now. So they're in a bit of a title race with the other two big teams there. Um, and taking into account Liverpool's record right now at Anfield, I don't give them any hope at the moment, but we've, we've seen like crazier things happen in the Champions League. with obviously going back to Liverpool versus Barca. Um, obviously a completely different narrative with fans and a different team, but at the same time, I, I don't see it happening for Liverpool. I think they're dead in the water and, uh, I think yeah. Madrid, Chelsea, semi is a pretty solid given.
1: Yeah, I mean, Max, we're gonna talk about Arsenal later on. We're definitely not talking about that now. But <laughs> I've seen a lot online about obviously this trend being omitted from the England squad caused shockwaves throughout the football community. People were outraged. Um there's this, I think there's a bit with um with Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville talking about. It. I think Gary Neville said he wouldn't. He sees why basically, and Jamie Carragher's defending, but he's really sort of. I wouldn't say it split people. I think a lot of people just think it was dumb. But in the game against Arsenal, he gets an incredible assist, great cross. Everyone says, "You idiot!" there's the proof. You should have picked him. And then a couple of days later, this game happens where he obviously made the mistake. I think he did a lot, a lot better second half, but did make a costly mistake. Do you think that's just? shown the two sides of him or do you think he is way more consistently the first example?
0: I think it has unfortunately for him displayed two sides of his game. The thing is with Trent he was awful first half I don't think anyone can deny that. Um, Mm. Saying that second half he played very very well Um, not just going forward but he prevented I think it was two clear-cut opportunities that probably would have ended up in a goal. Um, I think one from Asensio, and then one where Asensio and Vinicius were through two and one. I think he's very good. He's very good getting back basically on transition. But yeah, like you say, it varies so much with Trent. Um, It wasn't a couple seasons ago, but this season especially, I think not having Van Dijk there, it's meant that he's got a lot more defensive responsibility on that side. Um, yeah, and by not having Van Dijk there and no Joe Gomez, who he was used to playing with as well, yeah. um, there's always been someone new this season playing next to him. So um, I think I think it's shown because he needs to improve his one, one-on-one defending. I think that's clear. But yeah. I don't think he's, as, he's having as bad a time as everyone is making out. Um, this guy was rated as possibly the best right back in the world for about two years, uh, 20 years old. Um, And he's in an off year. Um, And I'm sure he'll bounce back. I don't don't see why he wouldn't, especially when players that he's familiar playing with return next season. So, yeah, I I, I don't... And Trent wasn't the only bad... I think he got highlighted because of the mistake for the second goal. But he wasn't the only bad player out there. Virtually everyone was awful in the first half. Um, and he, it was just him who made the clear cut mistake. And I think he's been a little vilified, but I can understand it.
1: You yeah, know, he was at such a level um, that it was the. I don't know if it's because he's a right back, but when you look at attacking young players like Mbappe and Haaland. I don't know it's just to do with the style of their position, but like you always you remember that they're young. And you're like, oh, this guy's still young, he's still going better. For some reason, the fact he's a defender, I don't know, whatever the reason is, but you forgot he was that young at times. You were like, this guy is 27 in his prime, the best right back in the world. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, what is he, he's 21 or 22? Like, it's, insane. it's crazy. So I think, I mean, I agree. I think he's. It's the kind of thing, like, in a way, at least the, the potential problem he has is somewhat obvious that he can try and work on that. But, um, yeah, I don't think they'll probably have anything to worry about. And I think having having those defenders back will help. But just in terms of the Champions League, I do think this result was pretty big. And like you say, the performance in, it, in this game and what it meant this season, now that, I mean, obviously... Results in the Premier League have sort of put top four back on the table for you a little bit. But it's just, I think even if you get, I mean, top four will probably save it a little bit, but it is going to be a disappointing season for you. Whatever the reasons, to not sort of really challenge for anything after the season you had. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, bad luck in there. But um, not what Liverpool needed. (laughs) And... um, yeah, no, it's not ideal. But what was ideal, well, wasn't really ideal, was Man City winning 2-1 against Dortmund.
0: Do we want to start with the Belling thing? Or do you, do we want to... I mean,
1: there's quite a lot... To... I have this conversation with my flatmate quite a lot, where we say, thing with Man City, they're great. But if you really think about it, right, as a neutral, when you're you, you, you check the games on the weekend, you don't care about the Man City games because you think... Yeah, they'll win 3 0. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're like, oh, Arsenal might mess up. Liverpool versus Wolves, that would be a good game. If you watch Man City against anyone other than the top six, you're kind of like, yeah, do I need to watch that? Like, once you've seen one, you've seen it all. But this Dortmund game had a lot. Um, Haaland was probably one of the biggest stories going into it. Wasn't at his best, obviously, didn't get a goal. We had Royce coming back. I mean, yeah, I, I don't really think there's a need to talk about the Bellingham moment because I think we're all going to agree. I'd be very surprised yeah. if we don't agree. It was just a yeah. guaranteed, should have been a goal.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, I mean, <sighs> we talk about VAR all the time, but I don't understand that. I cannot work it out. It's such a clear, good tackle, even at first viewing. Um was that what that was at 1 0, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what to say about it. It should have counted.
2: <laughs> the trouble is is that we've just sort of come to like expect these type of things to happen from VAR because of how regular it happens. So people when it happens, uh, their mindsets sort of oh, oh, it's crazy, like should be given. I can't believe that's not a goal and things like that. But then like a couple of days pass and you think, oh yeah, it's just another VAR blunder. Like it's just one of those things, but they don't really seem to be like taking accountability for these type of decisions, decisions yeah. that can ultimately decide a tie because two, one, obviously Dortmund are definitely not out of it whatsoever. And especially with the, the, this morning's result of, um, of Leeds. Um, but it's, it, you never know it could have been a completely different game after that decision.
0: yeah, yeah I, I mean it seemed to me when I saw it get to one one when Roy scored it seemed like city were bottling it again um obviously Foden scored but it it really is set up for city to drop out again. I feel like it, it just depends whether they've got the ball um yeah
1: do you think do you think it's meant like it's all about mental strength or like They've clearly got the ability to win these games they've lost in the Champions League. Yeah. Do you, do you think it is a mentality thing or do you think Course. there's more to it?
2: The definitely mentality thing. Um, they, they've got the quality to go all the way and win it, especially with teams like Liverpool aren't up to their standard of what they have been the last couple of years. Um, they are, they should have been odds and on favorite for this season going into the Champions League. And they've sort of put themselves in a, a worrying position. Um and they, they should have killed this tie-off at the very start. They should have um, they should have focused on this one as being the main one because they've obviously always had the possibility of bottling the second leg um, to lower opposition. And Dortmund have by no means been up to their standard too this season. So, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting second leg and it'll be interesting to see if Guardiola can actually get through this one unscathed because I feel like if they can get through this one it'll be a big mentality boost for them going into the semis um, and they, they probably could win it but you never know a Haaland, Masterclass, second leg <laughs> I'm calling it
1: <laughs> Do you think this is the hardest one to predict of the rest or
2: Yeah Yeah I, I, th- I think it's the hardest one, I, you look at PhD Bayern and it could literally, it is you could call a favourite for Most of the games, apart from the City Dortmund game, Mm. the bookies will probably have City. But everyone, as a football fan, knows the 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 level in which Dortmund can turn up and and spoil the night. So I'm definitely going to look out for that one.
1: Yeah, I think I think Dortmund obviously didn't have his best game, but Haaland is such an X factor. Like it's unbelievable the impact he can have on a game. I remember round before I think he got disallowed in the end but where he just he's just running alongside the defender and just pushes him (laughs) over his shoulder carries on and scores he's so quick he's amazing um yeah
2: I just hope that uh Chelsea can sort of pursue him this season (laughs) because Werner as much as you want to give him the amount of time I feel like his confidence is in the mud and uh I don't see that changing anytime soon. Whereas a, a player as, as young as Haaland is, um, with the experience he's already got, um, I feel like he could definitely take us to another level.
1: Yeah, I think wherever he goes, they're just going to go up a notch. And I think for the Premier League's sake, I think it could be Man City. And I just think if it is, you could be looking at like five titles in seven, six or seven years. Like, it would just be insane. Um, So, are you, are you going to go all out then and say you think Dortmund can progress from this one?
2: I think so. I think my prediction will be Dortmund to maybe get a 1-0 win. It's dependent on Man City taking their chances, but I think Dortmund could sneak a win in there and have a big upset there.
0: What are you saying, Max? I think City will go through. I just think they're too strong for Dortmund to be honest and I think I don't see City not scoring for one Yeah. so I think if it's if City go out I feel like it's going to go to extra, ti- extra time
1: I was going to say
0: that um, whether that goes to penalties or not um, but I don't feel like it's going to get settled in the 90 if City were to go out that's why I think I think as, as much as I may think City slightly bottled the first leg I just think they're too strong for Dortmund, to be honest. So I have to see you going through in that tie.
1: I was going to say the exact same thing about extra time being the only way they could lose. But I'm going to change my mind and I'm going to say Dortmund are going to win 3 1.
2: Old. I just,
1: the um, we're filming this. You mentioned a minute ago, Jack. We're filming this on, recording this on, a, on Saturday after the games. And Leeds have just won. At Man City with two shots on target and 10 men. <laughs> um, and obviously, you know, those kind of games can happen and they won't influence anything, but just seems like Man City are wobbling as they tend to do at this part of the season. Like they, they it's this thing we talk about a lot with other leagues like Germany and um, Italy, and maybe Spain already, but France, especially, where we say like maybe PSG win the league and then just slow down and then they cannot get it back up for the Champions League maybe that's happening with Man City I mean there's been a lot of times where they've been clear and then stumbled someone you'd expect them to beat and then someone alongside that when they have had seasons where they've been up for it with Liverpool they've then just crumbled under the pressure of another big game (laughs) in a busy schedule so I just feel like for Man City it's just there's something about them and obviously that has to break at some point, but I don't think it's gonna break this season. I, um
2: yeah, I think this weekend is is key for confidence for obviously next week being the second legs and Man City having a shock loss to Leeds. Uh, who knows what can, that could do to the, their confidence going into that game. Um I think Liverpool are playing Villa as we speak now. So and obviously we all know what happened last time they played. Um <laughs> so you, know, you never know. I feel like this, this weekend could be key um to decide the ties. Um but yeah, I I I think Dortmund will will sneak a win there. I don't I don't think Man City have got the bottle.
1: Wow. Well we will watch on very keenly to all those Champions League games as everyone will. Max got the call of the round last time with that Porto win. And yeah. I'm gonna be right this time with Dortmund. You heard it first. <laughs> so,
0: so, what are our sem- uh, semi-final picks?
1: Uh, Dortmund, Oops. Dortmund is it? Dortmund, yeah, Dortmund, PSG, mm-hmm. and then Real Madrid, Chelsea.
0: Okay, Jack.
2: Yeah, exactly the same. I feel. Um, can't I'll, see any I'm, other way. I'm going.
0: <laughs> uh, Madrid, Chelsea, and I think. Wow. So- I think city
1: buying,
2: Not picking his own team. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm going Liverpool-Porto <laughs> and then dortmund buying. <laughs> 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 no, yeah. I think, I mean, it's the Champions League. Anything can happen. That's why we love it. But a bigger competition, a better competition, <laughs> the Europa League. Great win for Man United. Great win for Roma. Well, that was actually a really good win. I was expecting Ajax to take that credit to them. Valoreal won, I think, Unomri, and that's all the games.
2: So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there were four.
1: Um, I mean, like, if we, right, so for those who don't know, Arsenal lost 3 0 to Liverpool last weekend. And then we just drew with Slavia Prague. And I don't know if you guys watched it, but it was awful i i don't know there's a lot of our tatter out going around which i don't agree with like i don't i don't <laughs> i don't think anyone can fix it um but, but if you didn't watch the game it's a weird one because it wasn't our worst performance of the season by quite a long way like liverpool on the weekend obviously we lost that game but the actual performance was so weird like we just didn't try or it looked that way anyway but um, this game, we weren't at it at all, but we had about three sort of, they should be goal moments. Asaka um, missed a really good chance. Bamiang missed one as he came on, and I don't know if you, I assume you've seen the Lacazette one. Yeah. Which I just, I don't know. <laughs> I think the worst part about it is that when he tackles the guy and goes through a goal, he's got the whole half to himself. One he looks like he's running through treacle and this guy's catching him. <laughs> but two, I never had confidence he was scoring. The whole time you were just like, it doesn't look right. This doesn't look normal. Then he sort of scoops onto the bar. And then, yeah, he does the subs, which a lot of people are a bit unhappy with how late they were. And Pepe, really good goal. Looks like it's done. And then they score a corner at the end. And like, I don't know if you've seen, but we had like, it was literally Cedric on the ball, I think. A minute left, no pressure, turns around and gives it to Gabriel, who gives away the corner. Like, things Oof. are just a mess right now. It's all, it's really bad. I really am falling out of, lo- falling out of love of football, as they say. <laughs> but, um, I mean, um, I don't know. I really don't know where to go with Arsenal at the moment. I'm definitely not Arteta out, but I'm also not, like, he's the one. Um, but I don't know if you guys have seen, have you seen the news about Balogun that came out yesterday?
0: Yeah, I have. So
1: heard. he literally about this is the morning after the game. Balogun, all season, has been he's out of contract in the summer. Linked with all these articles are saying he's linked with 15 clubs. There's like Liverpool in there. I think Sheffield United made an actual bid. There's Leipzig, Leverkusen, and he has just signed. He's well set to sign a contract, four-year contract. And I think mean, this is all it's a great, great bit of news, but he scored one goal in the Europa League coming off the bench. And like, yeah, he's done all this stuff under 23s, but I think people are almost like, oh, this is the guy. <laughs> we're saved. And I just think like we're a, like this is a low point for Arsenal among many. Um, I think that finishing performance last night just meant the club had to pay Balogun whatever he wanted and we don't even know how good he is Uh, apparently UK is on the way out in the summer so apparently next season it's looking like we're going to have Balogun, Martinelli, Saka Saliba we're going to have the average age of about 12 so I just think I don't know obviously how much you guys are sort of into following us at the moment I just don't think anyone could fix the problem with... I think the squad is just a mess.
2: Um, you... you, Go ahead, Max.
0: (laughs) Someone's at the door. No one else is in. Sorry. Give me just one
1: second. Yeah,
2: that's good. Oh, solo. I've got a question for you. Yeah, yeah. that's good. My question to you is... Given the position that Arsenal are in right now, so I think you're
1: 11th, is it? It's 11th or 10th.
2: Um, How high do you you see yourself finishing up the table and do you think that position warrants Arteta out
1: well how high do I think we'll finish from now
2: like from now to the end of the season how high do you think you can finish in the table and that position do you feel that warrants an Arteta out uh
1: the highest we can finish in my opinion is ninth we're five points off Everton in seventh, and Everton have a game in hand. So I'm going to say that the highest we can finish is ninth, which is terrifying. <laughs> um, uh, and I, I, don't think, I don't think there's any. I genuinely think the only way he will get sacked this season is relegation form. Ooh, I think this is the thing that, obviously, a lot of clubs have this roundabout of managers, like in the sort of modern era. And there is just no opportunity to build a club. And I think it's difficult because when you talk in this way, especially if you look online, people will say like, how are you backing Arteta? He's shown nothing or there's no sort of plan in place. But it's not even to say I'm backing Arteta. But if you can't give him more than a year, especially if you add in that you won FA Cup, obviously it can be a bit of a like um, red herring, but. If you're not going to give him two three years, especially especially if you're not a Man City or a Chelsea at times with how much money they spend, like what is he gonna do? I think I saw he, apparently he's had about 80 million in three windows spent, which is Party, who's been injured most of the year, which was out of nowhere as well. He's never injured before that. And um Gabrielle and the rest are literally like loans, free signings of Willian and Cedric. So <laughs> like
2: Yeah, and it's a very small, like lump sum. If you think about how much transfers are and how much teams spend in nowadays market, yeah, to to spend that that much in such a big club.
1: Obviously, that is affected by the pandemic and things like that. But I think the I think there is no point if you sack him now. What difference is there from when we got him a year ago, or however long ago? Do you know what I mean? I don't th- and I don't think as well, I don't think there's a chance he will, I think our border behind them, I think they've backed this project and I, I think basically they've backed the project and people are just sort of questioning what the project is um, I think mean, that's the, the most worrying thing I would say is and I've heard a lot of people talk about this and I think you get this at any club but like I think this is the thing with Liverpool and why they're so successful is their plan is so rigid and it's the same 90% of the time And it's that classic, I think Wenger used to talk about when he was like, We're just gonna play this way, even if it doesn't work. Whatever that way is, whether it's good for like Arsenal Wenger, passing football, Liverpool's press and energy, Man City just passing teams to death. It is bizarre how much having an identity matters. They, you know, people sort of take the mick out of the West Ham way. And even like Burnley, you know what you're getting and it works they've been one of the most solid teams to come up into the Prem, and I genuinely think Sean Dyche and his way of playing is such a big part of that, and I think that's the worry, is that when you look at this team, and this is this is the point I got to with Unai Emery, and admittedly, I'm probably being a lot less harsh on Arteta, because I effectively saw this, and that was what made me want him gone, is that I couldn't tell you what our style of play is. I couldn't tell you what the plan is. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I think, I think he has to have, if next season come January, we're in the same, but we're still 11th, 12th, whatever, then I think, yeah, like the conversation has to be out, especially if we sign people this window. But I mean, this window it's looking like, oh, not going to be back. A couple of players are going to be moving on, like in Keter and things. Like, I feel like we're, I think apparently we're going to be getting rid of Bellerin and getting a right back. And it's like, I don't think Bellerin is the one, but you're, you're kind of dealing with a part of the team that isn't necessarily the primary weakness. I don't think so. I yeah. think, I just think our squad is way off our board. Everyone knows the issues with the board, like many clubs in the league. I don't think we're winning the league or the champions league for a long time. Um, and I'm just kind of used to that. And, you know, it's a fun life, <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally born after literally born. We're winning the league. We're doing the invincibles. I become aware And then we're like, all right, let's stop playing now. So, (laughs) Arsenal is a complete mess. It's going pretty well for both of you. Obviously, Liverpool this week wasn't the best result. But it's fair to say you're having a good time with it, Max.
0: Yeah, we're not Arsenal. That's good.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, (laughs) let's all just have fun and laugh at Arsenal. So, that wraps up the first section. So, which turned into a bit of a therapy session, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah. So, should we just jump? Let's turn the attention on to our guest. We have Jack with us. Chelsea, for, Hello. as we have talked about a lot. Uh, Max, shall we hit him with the first question?
0: Yes. So what is your first memory um, of football, um, whether that's for your club, uh, which is Chelsea or, or not?
2: All right. I've, uh, I've taken a lot of time to think about this one because it, it, when I sort of try and think of my first memory, it all sort of intertwines into like three or four different moments um and then you try and struggle to pick like which one's the earliest and which one should i say but i think i'm gonna go with uh the euro final 2008 i think it was spain versus germany and it was when torres scored and spain won um i think it was their first like start where they won that and then they won the world cup and they were arguably like the best national team ever um That's the first real moment I can remember sitting in front of a TV and actually watching. But um, I've got a few sort of, like, um, when I was thinking about the question, I was thinking of, like, Chelsea moments. So um, uh, the first Chelsea moment I had, um, like, my first memory of a Chelsea moment was uh, the 2009 FA Cup final. It was Chelsea versus Portsmouth. What a fall from Grace Portsmouth I've had. Let's just say that. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, uh, Euro final, Torres. That's my first. See, football I memory. don't
1: remember watching. I don't remember the Euros. I think my first national team memory was the 2010 World Cup, which is interesting yeah. because I remember the 2005 Champions League final. <laughs> um, Literally
2: feel the same, but it was the final. The only thing I caught yeah. from that whole Euros was the final. Um, I didn't. I do not even. I couldn't even tell you what happened in that whole Euros, but yeah. the final I can tell you.
1: Do you have any memories from
0: that, Max? Yeah, I, I do remember quite a lot of um, Euro two thousand eight, especially the final. Torres's little dink um, to win it. Um, I remember Turkey doing very, very well. I think they made the
2: semi-finals um, mm. that year. I believe England didn't even qualify. Oh. Is that right? Yeah, or am I completely making that up? <laughs> a shambles, but
0: um, yeah, it's probably. I mean, the earliest. International tournament I can remember was two thousand and six because I remember watching. Oh,
1: I remember the headbutt. To be
0: fair, <laughs> I, remember, I remember England. Yeah, yeah, Sudan's headbutt. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: yeah I've, I've pro- got a lot of memories from uh, yeah. from the World Cup, but I, I like to say that the first time I can remember actually watching it like live, yeah. it would probably have to be the the two thousand and eight final. But obviously, I remember like everything that happened in the yeah. two thousand and six World Cup.
1: I mean, you, you bring up the Torres goal in that game. Chelsea mm-hmm. fan can't not be spoken about. How excited were you if, if you remember, sort of the time when you got Torres, and how much of a shock was it that what entailed entailed?
2: What uh, for me for Chelsea?
1: Yeah, for Torres joining Chelsea.
2: So well, that's the thing. He was. He was absolutely incredible at Liverpool, like up there, one of the top players in the world. And he came to us, like we've, it was quite a hefty fee as well. I think it was, was it like 40, 50 million? Yeah. I it was 50. Yeah. Um, For that time was quite like, arguably very, very big. Yeah. Um, so it was a big sort of money buy, which is like what started off this Chelsea obsession with spending so much money on a singular player. Um, and it just didn't work out at all. It, it, it's, it's sort of started this Chelsea curse of strikers since then, <laughs> where we've tried to pick a world-class striker from another team and they come in and they're just not what they were. Uh, we've had it with Morata, Berner. Um, I mean, uh, Diego Costa is probably one of the only ones I can think, like recently, that was yeah. actually lived up to his um, the, his ability. Should I say? But um, it it was just it was a horrendous experience until <laughs> until that night.
1: Yeah, Max. What about the other side of the coin? I don't think I've ever really spoken to a Liverpool fan about how they view him.
0: What about Torres? Yeah. Um, I think it's hard with Torres because at the time we were in and around sort of that. We were kind of like in a similar position to where we are now in the Champions League. Chelsea are in the Champions League as well. Um, and we were doing quite well from about 2006 to 2009. And then what year did he move? Was it 2010? or 2009. I'm not probably. sure. Yeah, but anyway. I think it was around then anyway. Yeah, I think it was um, in the middle of one of our poorer seasons. It might have been the same season that Benitez left. Um so I don't really blame him for going because Chelsea were one of the, I mean, they were like a machine around that time. Um, But I do feel like sometimes people have a little too much respect. He was only there for about two or three years. um, And he did just jump boat for one of our main rivals, possibly our biggest rival at the time. Yeah. I feel like there's a little too much respect considering he did that, but, at the same time, I mean, we—he didn't actually win anything under us, so
1: yeah,
0: he wanted to go win. I can't blame a man for wanting to go somewhere else. He wants to win trophies. That's that's what sports about. So I see. I can see it from both sides of the coin, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I mean, we talk about him jumping ship. What you said about three years. Um, yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen. There's this news story today about. Harry Kane is going to supposedly ask to leave this summer if they don't get top four Mm -hmm. um, I did see that yes but then I think a lot of the articles basically suggested that it's probably not going to happen even if he asks there's just no way it will happen with the money involved and he's got like four years left on his contract or something crazy but he's been there what since he's been at his peak he's probably been there about five years now maybe even six I'm not sure do you think he's missed the boat? Cuz I mean if he does miss a transfer this summer say the price is too much in this or pandemic market. Do you think this is his chance? Do you think he's already missed his chance to leave sort of at his very best to win things? But I'll go to Jack first.
2: I don't think it's too late at all for a player like him like the the numbers that he's putting up in arguably the hardest league to put up numbers and so consistently with it that I feel like a, any team will be looking at him um, thinking any any money will, uh, will be put aside to try and get him, especially the top teams. It's just dependent on um, the bigger clubs with the bigger budgets that need him because obviously with Chelsea, there's always that thing of our London rivals and um, probably wouldn't come here. Um, but we are looking for a striker. So it's um it'd be a it'd be a hard one to decide I, I think that they'd be um he'd be smart sorry in uh in leaving now while he's ahead because obviously it's tottenham but <laughs> uh yeah we'll we'll see
1: yeah it's kind of insane how good he is and
2: i how, just uh how i just got out. distracted for a second there as uh i just thought. Uh, Aston Villa have just scored against Liverpool.
1: What? No Ollie Watkins.
2: The Man, Western boy.
1: To
0: that one. If, if it's Ollie, then uh, I'll give it a pass. Oh,
1: yeah, he's an extra boy as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Western Superman boy, extra boy. But, yeah, like, <laughs> a bit of soccer Saturday for you there. <laughs> <laughs> game, just
0: um, every other game I've watched for the past five months. <laughs> dominating the ball, but can't stick it in the back of the net. No, yeah. I'm following
2: up <laughs> so, yeah. I thought I'd just add that because obviously uh, uh, the the whole Liverpool against Real Madrid saga this might yeah. just take a bad turn for
1: them I mean yeah oh dear Um. so if we move on to the second question Jack what's yeah. your favourite moment as a Chelsea fan and we've had a Chelsea final recently and we obviously all know that you do have a particular peak as a football club. Is your favorite moment in that moment?
2: Well, I've got it written down as my favorite <laughs> moment, obviously. <laughs> like if you're a Chelsea fan and you don't put that moment, then you just lie to yourself because <laughs> if you sat and watched that match, knowing where we came from that season, I think we finished like 10th in the prem that season. Um, but were at least very far down, not even contending. Um the, I think we also, we, we won the FA Cup that season, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, I've got it written down. I, I want to say the final just because of obviously it being in Munich and the way it happened with a last-minute Drogba header, um, the penalty save, and then obviously beating the Germans on penalties. Like, you can't really <laughs> write a better story than that. Um, I, I also want to take into consideration the semi-final uh, against Barca, both legs as well. Both legs yeah. were incredible. Everyone's obviously going to focus on the second leg um, and the Torres goal. Yes, yeah, um... this
1: is where I don't like it. This Torres goal, good goal, great moment. So overlooks the Ramirez goal.
2: Oh, trust me. It's so trust good. me. The <laughs> disrespect so on that that bloke's name. Yeah, because no player, one remembers it. One of my favorite goals ever. It's just oh, incredible. Like, it's so good. Our, it, that That's like, well, that, like the comparison that is nearly like Kante going through and doing that.
1: Yeah, he it's was just crazy. Oh, what a player! I mean, he didn't, wasn't a sort of joke, but he almost became more known, I reckon, to a lot of people for how on FIFA he was really he, what he yeah, had like 88 pace. He's just he an was, engine, like, mate. Yeah, he's, he's, he's just an engine, but he was technically so good.
2: It, it's oh, crazy yeah. to look back and think like that because, um you think oh, he's going to be just like a runner and like someone who yeah. can just sort of run, grab the ball and like pay through. But yeah. on the ball, he was brilliant. And I felt like he was so underrated uh, yeah. to a lot of people. And like, as a Chelsea fan, you can actually look back and admire it because he's given us some amazing moments and that goal that he scored against Barca just tops it. Yeah. Like that, I mean, that is remember, up
1: there. I remember hearing someone uh, asking the question, I can't remember what it was for, but, they were saying at Arsenal, obviously we've got Edu now is like mainly in charge of our transfers, and yeah. they were saying he's got us Martinelli, which is brilliant because he was completely unknown. But should he sort of be able to find another? I mean, there's such a long line of Brazilian midfielders who are just there. There's the stereotypical Brazilian skilled player Ronaldinho, but there's also the hard man in midfield. Ramirez, Fabinho now, Fernandinho, Gilberto Silva for the Invincibles And I just think if we could get a player like Ramirez or one of those names to go alongside Party it should be so yeah.
2: good. Well, well you say unrated. that. you say that and um I think this morning when I was uh I was on Twitter and something came up saying like uh, um Edu's found his replacement for Odegaard when at the end of the season like discovered <laughs> a release course, and it was I'm pretty sure they said it was a a Brazilian midfielder. I think he was 19. Um, plays for um, what uh, starts with an F in the Brazilian league. Oh,
1: Flamengo.
2: it's it's one of them. I think it's 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 not Flamengo. It's the other one. It's like Fluminense. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, that one. Um, and apparently, he's like been brilliant for them. Um, he's really young. And uh, he's got a release clause that is arguably quite low for like an upcoming talent. Yeah. So when we talk about saying, hopefully you can try and find one of these Brazilian stars, you're quite heavily linked.
1: such a good... Like, obviously you've got all the Saka, Mount, Foden, all those debates, which are all fair, Greenwood. The thing with Martinelli that I think is so impressive is just the fact that he was actually sort of scouted and found from another country. It wasn't just... He was in the academy. I think that is like some of our transfer strategy has been poor, but that is a find. I'm pretty sure he was in like the third tier in Brazil. <laughs>
2: that is so, crazy. That, yeah, that, credit, he's got so much potential.
1: On. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if we move on, I always forget the third. Oh, yeah. Third question. Um. I think, uh, see at first, a lot of people came on and said they found the fourth question the hardest, the player you wish you signed. Mm. Now there's a bit of a swing and people are starting to say, this one's difficult. What would you say is your favourite moment in football, that from a neutral point of view, not Chelsea?
2: I, I don't think I could purely decide on one. It's between two, and I, like, I have to say two because like one of them is so generic and is like, oh, everyone's going to pick it because yeah. it's a neutral fan. Obviously, the Trippier free kick from the World <laughs> Cup. I think everyone, every English fan, yeah, probably even neutral, Cup. seeing the English fans cheer that one. Yeah. Um, I think everyone's going to remember exactly where and when they were when that happened and the feeling that they had. That was the first moment that we had of pure hope when yeah. we got against a team that was, that was arguably better than us. Um, when we hadn't really had a challenge other than Belgium, but we sort of just sat down to them. Um, so when it got to that moment so early on in the game, it was an absolutely incredible emotion. But um, yeah, the second one that I sort of wanted to put up there as well was uh, the Iniesta World Cup goal. Oh, yeah. I can, uh, That's a
1: great shout.
2: Yeah. I can put my differences aside with obviously what he did against Chelsea. But yeah, <laughs> I, I, I remember like sitting there watching that game and going crazy because I was sort of trying to support Spain through the latter stages of how good their team was. And uh, when that goal went in, it's just an incredible goal. He's an incredible player.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think there's, just in terms of they both 1-0s and they were somewhat similar goals, I feel like the uh, Goetzer one gets sort of considered. People try to bring that up, but I don't know why it is. Maybe it's just because Iniesta is such an iconic player, but that 2010 goal just stands out for me.
2: I can't so put the Goethe goal up like there. I was yeah. I was rooting so hard for Argentina there for Messi. <laughs> I could not. I wait. I was depressed if anything when that Gertz goal <laughs> went in.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Isn't it? As soon as your team goes out of the World Cup, you're so quickly you're like, okay, this is my team now. <laughs> I want them to win it. But it's, yeah, that yeah, is weird. That I team.
2: sort of I celebrated that Iniesta goal as if it was like an England goal, which is just so yeah. strange. Yeah. But. I guess it was just a narrative behind it and how good that Spain team was With it was just so exciting with David Villa and Torres in that World Cup they were absolutely amazing Yeah. Um, that final yeah.
1: Though as well I mean obviously the logo for this comes from that, the De Jong
2: the, the, yeah the kick
1: I mean that game, yeah. let alone that one so many bookings and
2: like <laughs> huge tab- can you imagine VAR in that game now
1: yeah, would <laughs> be <I mean>, awful <laughs> But um, yeah, that game and that moment, I reckon it's up there uh,
2: yeah. Long. I can't Yeah, I can't say anything other than Trippier like, as my top favourite yeah. moment from a neutral, even though I wasn't a neutral, but you know what <laughs> I mean?
1: And, uh, I, we've had so many people talk about the 2018 World Cup. Um, I guess it's like, and like you said, it's the moment everyone hoped. And like when you're, I mean, obviously you're a Chelsea fan, you're not you a know, stranger to winning things. But, I mean, how often do you have a lot of Chelsea fan or the team you support in your friend group? I guess, like, if you live in the area, you probably will. But you're probably half the time, you're just arguing with your mates about why you're better or why they're worse with club football. But with yeah. England, it's like the one time everyone is just...
2: Oh, everyone you know, comes together. There's yeah, no it's, rivalries. It's everyone so loves Slabhead. And then once the... <laughs> Once the tournament finishes, everyone goes back to Hayden, Man United, <laughs> and, and all the other teams like that. So,
1: See, I'm interested to see the next World Cup, the Maguire reputation, uh, because he was like... I mean, I don't think... I, I reckon he was loved. I reckon you could... I, I think he, he was. was. Yeah, I don't think that's wrong uh, to say. I
2: don't think anybody had any critics of them. He was actually pretty good for us um, yeah. in the tournament and obviously had, had that goal against Sweden as well. So I... I can't think of a player that was actually like properly criticized from like rival fans. I think oh, everyone yeah. was sort of just hoping that it came home and was supporting them out what which is kind of crazy because of the the huge rivalries we've got now in Premier League and how like especially this season alone with how like competitive it's been in the race for top four. That could be interesting to see how it, it, it develops through the Euros um yeah. with this discussion that we've got about our young English midfielders just hope mounts yeah. there.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, Southgate, we talk about it all the time. Southgate gets a lot of criticism, but I do not feel for him. But it is so hard to pick 11 from the squad pool we have right now. There's so many options you could go for. Um, yeah. And I don't think I think even if we won it, people would still disagree with him. <laughs> we could win it, and they'll be like, "Oh, you should have played Grealish.
2: <laughs> we um, would have won it more comfortably."
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that is one. Hell of a moment. I would honestly probably say that's the 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 uh, answer to that question. I've heard that I've like agreed with most when I've heard it. That In- oh, the, sorry the Iniesta goal specifically. Um, I think everyone agrees with the Trippier goal. You know, <laughs> to this, Anyway. But yeah, that and yes, the goal for me. Wow. That chat, that almost, that is like on a border with my one, which was the Messi buying goal. But yeah, mm. um, if we jump into the last question then, which as I said, some people do struggle with in Chelsea, I mentioned this with the last Chelsea fan we had on, you buy half the players under the sun. So <laughs> there's <laughs> not that many. On the wish list, I imagine, but who would be the one player that you wish Chelsea signed now or in the past?
2: Well, the one I've got down is it's very out there, but I feel like it's it sort of makes sense in the way that I'm going to explain it. Um, I'm gonna go for Leroy Sané
1: What
2: when yep. really? I mean... 17 18 Leroy Sané Were you linked that heavily? I don't know so much as being linked. Is this one he, he, no, he was a or was he at No, this was the Centurions uh, yeah. season, I think. I
1: mean, as an yeah. individual player, I fully agree.
2: And actually, in hindsight, knowing that Hazard was leaving at the end of the next season, yeah, we sort I mean, of needed that replacement that we'd never really replaced like, properly.
1: I feel like, obviously, he's now moved on to Bayern, but there were always rumblings he could leave. So I don't think it would have been, ever been another question. And like I, we sort of say, there is someone trying downstairs, which is
0: really
1: good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we talk about, when we ask this question, sorry, I tried to sort of say, it doesn't have to be realistic, but naturally people lean into that. I don't think it's too crazy at all to think Chelsea could have got him. So no, think, yeah, I don't it think it's crazy. Show. I
2: just feel like, in terms of like with Hazard leaving, I think it was the season before that he was like incredible. I, I looked at it and it was like he got 10 goals and 15 assists with at the age that he was at then. That was before his big injury. And I just remember watching Man City that season and him, especially thinking like this, this kid's gonna is incredible and he's gonna be like one of the top players. And I feel like that injury just completely ruined him, which is the sad thing. But, um, But yeah, I I thought, like, in terms of Hazard leaving, that would be like the best replacement we could have gotten in hindsight. If we knew that was going to happen with his contract and things like that, then maybe we should have gone for him. But yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the goal, I remember the game against Liverpool Man City that he won in the, I think that was the season where it was really close. Yeah. Yeah, It was just like, wow, he like really did make the difference beyond just scoring the goal. He just looked so so good in that game but um yeah i mean that's a great set of answers um good champions league chat
0: thank you very much for listening um we'll be back next week i'm not sure what day what day do you reckon we'll be recording i
1: don't know it will be next week and the guys drilling again
0: it adds to the atmosphere lovely <laughs> um, thank you very much for listening um, we're on Spotify YouTube so make sure you subscribe and listen on all the platforms um, will we have a poll this week?
1: Uh, yeah I'll try to put some polls up for the Champions League games next week
0: cool um, so we'll get involved with that um, make sure you vote for them make sure you share because um, it helps and any suggestions are always welcome So thank you very much for listening and thank you to Jack for coming on.
2: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.